0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. There's an all-time quote from the great Aaron Rodgers once upon a time when speaking to Green Bay Packers fans, he used the terminology R-E-L-A-X, relax. It's what I took away from BYU media availability on Monday as BYU's coaches and players addressed the media. What's up, everybody? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. Thank you for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Thank you to all of you who are everydayers with us right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Uh, quick reminder that we are your original daily podcast focused on all things BYU and appreciate you guys carving out time from your busy schedules to join us, whether it's on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for all of your support. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Bird Dogs. Uh, uh, go to birddogs.com slash locked on college or enter the promo code locked on college for a free water bottle with any purchase. You want to take your bird dogs off? We promise you. All right, let's dive right in on today's show. And I mentioned in the open that there was the famous quote from Aaron Roderick uh, where he used the term R E L. Ax when once upon a time addressing Green Bay Packer fans who were uptight about some of the struggles that Green Bay was having when he's the quarterback there. Now obviously he's the quarterback with the New York Jets, but it was a term and it's a quote that will live on forever because it's something that I took away from yesterday's media availability from Kalani Satake, Aaron Roderick, most notably as they were talking about the meager offensive output in the game against Sam Houston last Saturday night. A quote from Kalani Satake okay, he did not give any excuses for the paltry output. He said there's no time for that. It is one of the terms he used. And by the way, I I plan to pull some video clips from this, but I'm not even sure anymore what Big 12 stipulations are in terms of video I can actually use from BYU. Uh, There have been some media members out there that have been uh, told that they can use certain ones and can't use certain others. So until I really know what I'm allowed to use, I will only be utilizing video that I have captured myself. It's my intellectual property as it were uh, on the podcast. So apologies if I if it don't play as much video as maybe some other people out there or audio. But the biggest thing is is that talking uh, with Kalani talk, because I was on that media call, and then obviously Aaron Roderick on Coordinator's Corner on ESPN Plus with Gregor Bell, they both said that they expect BYU's offense to get things figured out. They both said that the The offensive issues were things that BYU can fix. They're not things that you you are going to rue or be thinking okay, that's going to be hard to come back from or we can't fix that. Aaron Roderick said on Coordinator's Corner, said Cody and Keanu speaking of Cody Epps and Keanu Hill are veteran players, guys you really count on. Sure their absence had an impact, but first of all no excuses. We just didn't perform the way we were supposed to. I appreciate this, both from Kalani Satake as well as Aaron Roderick for saying, you know what we're not going to try and make excuses for it but they did try to add uh, some context to that, saying that they understood that uh, the Sam Houston game caused uh, BYU some issues, especially the front seven for Sam Houston. I'm expecting you'll hear this when we talk with Connor Pay on tomorrow's show as well. But the bigger thing is, I think that you look at BYU's offensive issues in that game against Sam Houston State and they are self-inflicted wounds. Think about this. I was I re-watched that game. I talked about it a little bit on yesterday's podcast. Uh, if you guys missed that, you can go back and listen to it. I talked about the fact it felt like BYU self-destructed more than anything else in that game from my perspective. And now I completely understand that I am considered to be an armchair analyst or an armchair quarterback at the very best. And I, I get that. I, I own that. That's what I am here for. But I, what I saw from BYU is every time it felt like they got some momentum and it felt like they were going to start to mount a drive, move it right down the field on Sam Houston and hopefully get some points, they had an inopportune penalty, a, a false start, an illegal hands to the face, a holding call, uh, the illegal block in the back at one point. Uh, it was Waylon Lapuajo, if I recall. And just he got uh, a little bit uh, behind a guy that he was trying to get out there and block on a screenplay for Deion Smith. It it, it just felt like when BYU uh, got something going, they got in their own way. And that's something you can clean up, obviously. That's absolutely something. That's a control the controllable... uh, Like. It's exactly what you're capable of controlling. I've tried to come up with a better analogy than that, but I didn't come up with it. But the bigger thing is Aaron Roderick also said this. We have to be accountable and honest about it. We looked ragged at times. Our execution was not at the standard we are used to here, and so we will go back to the basics this week and we'll get things right. It is my job to get them back on track. I still have a lot of belief in this team. I have no doubts that we are going to be a great offense this year, unquote. I love that. I love that comment from, uh, from Aaron Roddick because I'm telling you, that's probably the tame version of what he told his players in the locker room and obviously in their team meetings already this week. They know that they, perform, they, they underperformed relative to expectations on offense. The defense did exactly what it was supposed to do. It, it pitched a shutout, folks. You don't throw that back in any way, shape, or form. And let's also remind you, BYU won that football game. We're celebrating a win, not uh, criticizing a loss. But it feels like, in many ways, the, the conversation that I, I've been tracking online has more of the tenor of BYU losing this game. Now, I get the concern that you as Cougar fans have with regards to, okay, if you can only do that against Sam Houston State, what are you going to do against the likes of Texas and Oklahoma and Texas Tech and Oklahoma State and on down the list of the Big 12 opponents you have, Arkansas as well, in the non-conference late. I get that concern. I said on yesterday's podcast, and I'll reiterate it here for those of you who may be tuning in for the first time. I would encourage you guys to be everydayers and don't miss an episode. I'm withholding judgment in terms of casting judgment of what I think of the overall offensive scheme and if it actually has uh, fractures in its foundation, whatever you want to call it, until I see what they do against Southern Utah this week. Is Southern Utah going to be a true test for BYU and really tell me all I need to know? No. But if BYU goes out and cannot or will not or – simply is ineffective against the likes of Southern Utah, which actually beat Sam Houston just this past season, folks. They did beat SHSU in a game head-to-head in whack play last year. That would be a massive red flag for me. That is when I would start to say, okay, yeah, there are some issues here. So we'll see what happens. But I appreciate Kalani Satake and Aaron Roderick saying, hey, we, we are making no excuses for this. We know we need to get back to it. Kalani used the term humbled. I think it was referring officially to BYU's offensive line. It humbled those guys. They know that they've done screwed up. They know that they need to improve. They expected to play a lot better. I wholeheartedly endorse that. They expected to play a whole lot better against Sam Houston State. For whatever reason, it did not come to fruition. They did win the football game. So let me reiterate what Aaron Roderick said. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We'll evaluate this once again after this upcoming week, but I am very interested to see if they go out there. And if it's a repeat or a similar type performance offensively against Southern Utah, yeah. But then by all means at that point, start hitting the, the red alert. Obviously, you'd be p- uh, pushing the panic button because after this after this week against Southern Utah, it's on. You have 10 straight games against Power 5 opposition, nine of them conference games. And if you can't move the ball against the likes of Sam Houston State and Southern Utah, uh, I'd be hard-pressed to think you're going to move it against Arkansas and on down that list of Big 12 opponents you have stacked up as you go into conference play. And uh, we'll see. It's going to be very interesting to track. And I just I appreciated what Aaron Roderick and Kalani Sitake said. I think it was the right tone, the right tenor, uh, just the right way to approach it. Not making excuses, but at the same time saying, we will get back to work. We will figure this out. They figure it out. Hey, life's hunky-dory. Maybe that Sam Houston State game was a a wake-up call in a way. If not, it could be the Portland State of 2017 where it felt like, "Mm, that's not good, and obviously uh, portended uh, what was to come in that awful, awful season in 2017. But uh, I think we'll learn a lot more this week as BYU gets ready to take on Southern Utah. All right coming up next gonna debut what I'm gonna do here weekly or at least uh, as often as possible we're gonna go through my big 12 power rankings where do I have BYU ranked amongst the other members of the big 12 conference this season just the 14 members not including the newcomers coming in we are going to include uh, the we're gonna include Texas and Oklahoma obviously in this one because they're still in the conference right now we'll run down that list coming up next later on in today's show have two uh, two conversations I want to let you guys hear from southern Utah quarterback Justin Miller had a great chance to catch up with him actually way back in July at, uh, what do they call it, the UAC, United Athletic Conference Media Day. Had some great thoughts when I talked with him exclusively one-on-one about BYU and facing off against the Cougars. We'll get to that. And also, BYU's hot on the heels of 2025 offensive line recruit Nuku Mafi. Had a great chance to catch up with him after I called his game this past Friday night. We'll get to both of those conversations as we continue on right here on Locked On Cougars. Now, first a word on our friends over at Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs have been working on this for quite a while, my friends, and they are an incredible product out there. Bird Dogs are are scoring, uh, not scored. They are trying to make you guys look good. That's that's the goal. That's the best part about this. They want to have stretch khaki shorts, and I have worn these shorts myself. I know a number of you want to see me wear them in action. I'll have to do that at some point. But they're designed to flitz, fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. Who doesn't want to look sculpted in their shorts? The best part is their shorts do the exact same thing is Lululemon, but fit way better, and they fit way better than regular shorts that are made of stiff, restricting cotton, and the best part is they fix that issue by inventing cloud-knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but stretches so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice the movement you desire. Bird Dog uses anti-stink, sweat-wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long, and more importantly, they are functional for any occasion. I've worn them golfing, I've worn them around the house, Uh, you can wear them out for evening wear, they've got pants if you're guys looking for that, maybe just not shorts, Uh, they've got everything for you, workout, lounging, a Across the board, they are the right option for you guys. So get out to birddogs.com slash locked on college. Enter the promo code locked on college for a free bird dogs water bottle with your order. Once again, that's birddogs.com slash locked on college for a free water bottle at checkout. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. Also, today's show is brought to you by our friends over at uh, Locked at, over at uh, Perry Homes. Apologies, I, I had like a blip on my screen there, so I apologize. Uh, I kind of got caught in the moment there. I apologize for that. But let's talk about our friends over at Perry Homes just for a minute real quick. They've been working on this for quite a while now as well. The best part about Perry Homes is whether you're looking for your first home or ready to upgrade to your dream home, Perry Homes has a house for you. For 50 years, Perry Homes has been Utah's premier home builder with communities throughout the state. They've got many communities, home designs, and price points all designed to meet your needs as a consumer. they got beautiful communities in Davis, Salt Lake, Tooele, and Utah counties, as well as multiple communities in Washington County near St. George as well. They offer over 50 unique home designs from Ramblers to two stories to townhomes as well. They even have quick move-in homes available if you're ready to make the move right away. And currently, they're offering generous financing incentives through their preferred lender to give you guys a little bit of a, a break when it comes to the insane, insane interest rates out there as well. So visit PerryHomesUtah.com to see what's new in Utah's finest neighborhood neighborhoods. That's perryhomesutah.com to learn more now. For 50 years, Utah has been coming home to Perry Homes. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars a part of your day. Thank you for being every day dayers with us here on the podcast. Tease ahead to tomorrow's show. We're going to catch up with BYU offensive lineman Connor Pay. that O-line underperformed. I'm expecting that he will address exactly what he makes of their performance. We'll get to that on our Wednesday edition of the podcast. Also, a quick reminder for you guys, the college football season is here. Surprise. Uh, but this season, Locked On is kicking up our coverage with Locked On College Football Kickoff Live. Every Friday, we'll go uh, live from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern Time. That is 9 to 11 a.m. Mountain Time. Across the entire Locked On College Football YouTube channel, College Football Kickoff Live will cover playoff implications, the conference rivalry games, and go in depth like only Locked On can, including insight and analysis from your sta- from our uh, your our stable of Locked On College hosts covering their teams every single day. Find Locked On College Football Kickoff Live every Friday wherever you get your podcasts, and also on the Locked On College YouTube channel. You won't want to miss it. All right, uh, time now to talk about the Big 12 a little bit here. Now, uh, when it comes to Big 12 power rankings, kind of interesting deal, and I couldn't find a good graphic, it felt like, uh, to lay out what I thought was the, the power ranking. so you're just gonna have to kind of go on a journey with me, and uh, we'll talk about our power rankings here. Now, obviously power rankings are different than overall rankings in the conference. Let me be very clear about this and up front. Is these are my personal opinion on the best teams in the conference week to week. They will fluctuate week to week. Could a team go from 14 to 1 in a week? Sure, if they go and blow the doors off and upset the number one team or whatever, yeah, I'll move them right up in the power rankings. It's not out of the question, but it is going to be a week-to-week uh, subjective conversation. And I encourage you guys' feedback on this. If you think I'm up in the night on a certain team and say, "Jake, you're completely wrong about that," or you think I'm severely underrating a team, I welcome this. Uh, I welcome it and solicit your feedback wherever uh, you want to. Drop it in the YouTube comments if you're watching this on YouTube, or just send me a tweet and say, "Jake, you're up in the night. Screw you, dude." Like, say, I love. The interaction. I don't care, uh, good, bad, or indifferent. As long as you guys feel like you're uh, uh, comfortable enough to react to me, I'm totally okay accepting any and all criticism, personal attacks aside. All right, uh, number one this week, Oklahoma. When you pile up 73 points and shut out Arkansas State and FBS program, I got to give you number one. Now, Oklahoma, I am still a little bit out on in terms of their overall. Uh, contender status in the Big 12. But for one week, Oklahoma is the top of the Big 12 power rankings. Number two for me, I got to give it to Texas. Now, Texas didn't necessarily look uh, incredible against Rice, but they got the job done. They still very much looked the part of a Big 12 contender. Now, those are the two programs exiting the conference. There's a lot of people thinking that they may steal their final uh, Either one of them could steal the uh, Big 12 crown in the final season as members of the conference. We'll see what happens on that front. I'm not 100% convinced that either of them do that because Texas has a way of just like blowing up, blowing itself up and getting in its own way. And Oklahoma has proven that uh, in the recent past as well, that they're capable of that. But for one week, uh, they go 1 2. OU 1. Texas 2. Uh, number, uh, no, no, number 4 number 3 for me is TCU. Yes I know TCU lost to Colorado absolutely stunning result by the way. Colorado if this was including the newcomers uh, coming into the conference next year in 2024 I'd be hard pressed maybe not to put Colorado number 1 in our power rankings but they're not in this uh, for what we're doing this season. I have TCU number 3 because I think they're still a very good program and for them to put up the 42 points that they put up after they returned so little on uh, Their offensive production that led them in a big way to the national title game where they played against Georgia. uh, I was really impressed with what TCU put on the field. Uh, Number uh, four for me is Kansas State. Uh, KSU, the defending Big 12 champions, yes, it's true. They did beat TCU for the Big 12 title, even though TCU went on to the college football playoff. I thought Kansas State did just fine uh, week one, obviously doing their thing. Uh, Number five for me, Texas Tech. I still think that they are one of the dark horses out there. They did. Did lose to Wyoming. That's a that's a pretty tough loss, but it was not double overtime. So I'm going to give them a little, bit of a, a little bit of a pass. Going to Laramie is a tough place for a lot of teams. Trust me, ask BYU. Any of you who are Cougar fans of a certain age know how tough it is to go to Laramie and win games up there. To lose in double overtime, obviously a gut-punch loss, but it does not negate, I think, what Texas Tech is capable of doing this year. Number six for me, UCF. The Knights were absolutely flawless, it felt like, offensively in their opener. I, I still think that they are probably going to be the best team Of the newcomers this season in terms of overall record. Uh, They look the part offensively. John Rice Plumlee is incredible as a quarterback. They got weapons all over the field, and they've got what I like to say pure unadulterated speed and it shows on the field. Uh, number let's see, we we're at number seven. Now in my rankings, I'm going to give it, uh, to the Houston Cougars. I, I think Houston did a decent job in their opener. Uh, I, I don't expect Houston to stay in that ranking. Cause I just think that the, the Cougars, uh, they can find themselves falling down here in the call in the, in these power rankings. Uh, but we'll see what happens. I, I, I feel like the, the, the Cougars maybe are a touch. Uh, I don't know how to say this touch, uh, overrated in terms of uh, what they are bringing to the conference, and I don't necessarily think the, the long-term outlook for them is necessarily as rosy as some may think it is, but that's not what we're talking about. We're talking for one week only. They're number seven. Number eight for me, Cincinnati. The Bearcats had a decent uh, opening uh, to their season, obviously. I just don't think that the Bearcats have a lot going for them long-term this year, but for one week, we'll let them sit there. Uh, let's see. We are now at uh, Kansas is up next, and the, the Jayhawks are in interesting uh, program. Elite offensively. It feels like they are absolutely incredible with their overall offensive capability in terms of going out and scoring points in bunches. Still a question mark about that defense. Is it going to be stingy enough to hold teams down? BYU is going to get tested that just in three weeks' time as they open Big 12 play at Kansas. I'm interested to see how they do there. Uh, Next up is Oklahoma State. Now, you're probably wondering why in the world. Excuse me. No, I didn't have. Excuse me. Let me back up on that. Not Oklahoma State. Uh, Next one up uh, goes BYU. I apologize. We had BYU there. Now, you're probably Jake, how are you having BYU in the mix here where you have them? I I think that BYU's capable and and number 10. uh, They still got to win, folks. And their defense... Pitched a shutout. We mentioned Oklahoma, 73 to nothing over Arkansas State. BYU and Oklahoma were the only two teams to pitch shutouts against FBS opponents. Now, I know that Sam Houston's a little different than Arkansas State because Arkansas State's a well-established FBS program, whereas Sam Houston was making their debut as an FBS program. Still an impressive defensive showing for BYU. I think that gave them the nod for me over some of the other teams. Up next, Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State maybe had the uh, worst quarterback play of the entire weekend, having to play three different quarterbacks. Uh, Gunner uh, Gundy, who is the coach as uh, the coach's son, uh, speaking of Mike Gundy, had to come in and essentially save the day for Oklahoma State. Uh, yeah, they they need to figure something out in Stillwater. We'll see if they're able to fix it long term. Uh, interested to see that. West Virginia's up next for me. Uh, checking in uh, with the Mountaineers. I still think it's going to be hard. Uh, it's going to be a hard. Uh, how do I say this? A hard job for a guy, uh, like their head coach. It just a uh, name escaped my mind, but uh, it's gonna be a hard job for the, for that man. Uh, man, I just I, I've got to look this up. As I look. <laughs> I had it on the tip of my tongue, and all of a sudden it just went blank. You ever had that happen for you? I'm sure you have, but it's always not good for a college football podcast, but uh there we go. Neil Brown, there you go. I think it's be a hard job for Neil Brown to hold on to the rest of the season uh, out there in uh, uh not Stillwater out in um oh man uh. I'm all over the place. I apologize, folks. I am absolutely just mucking this up on today's show. But nonetheless, I think it's going to be a hard job uh, for Neil Brown to hold on to this season. I think he will get uh, canned at some point if it goes south. But we'll see what happens. They didn't do very well against Penn State. Iowa State is up next. Uh, ISU, just, it's an interesting situation. Matt Campbell is considered to be one of the darlings in terms of a coach. and A lot of people love him as a coach and they think he's uh, capable of doing great things. Has he worn out his welcome a little bit by staying too long at Iowa State? Or is he planning on staying at Iowa State long term? I don't know, but they're they're number 13 and then the the power rankings have got to go uh, to Baylor with number 14 this week. When you are a, a two a three touchdown plus favorite, 26 and a half points as last I saw, Baylor loses to Texas State, who outside of Colorado, Texas State had the most turnover on the roster. They brought in like 70-some-odd players. I know that uh, Colorado brought in like 80-some-odd in terms of new additions to their program. But when you go out and you're supposed to absolutely just blow the doors off a team, and they in, in turn actually blow the doors off of you, and I know that losing Blake Chapin for the next two to three weeks is absolutely uh, a really bad deal for the Baylor Bears. But when you're that big give a favorite and then you fall flat on your face in your season opening game, well, you're going to be bottom of the power rankings this week. So there you go. Uh, that's my power rankings. You guys agree? Disagree? Let me know. I'd love nothing more than to hear your guys' feedback on this, and obviously this will be something we do uh, more regularly moving forward. I have a goal by next week to have a nice, tidy graphic that I can throw up that you guys can obviously see, but uh, thank you for bearing with me here and obviously my flubs right in the middle of that, uh, talking about uh, Morgantown and Neil Brown. Apparently, I don't know my West Virginia geography or anything about West Virginia, apparently, uh, in the moment. I needed it, but nonetheless, uh, we soldier on, and of course we'll wrap up today's show coming up here in just a minute. As I said, two uh, uh, pieces of audio slash video I want you guys to hear and see. Uh, one was Southern Utah quarterback Justin Miller, a guy that BYU once upon a time rec- recruited as a quarterback prospect at the Summit Academy. He also played at Lone Peak for a time in his high school days and a current recruit BYU's after, Inuku Mafi. We talk with both of those players coming up next right here on Locked On Cougars. Now, a word on our friends over at FanDuel before we move on here. And FanDuel has been working with us for months. The best part is FanDuel is here to help you guys out as you get ready for the NFL season. They have an incredible offer from our friends at FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, all new customers can get about $5 and get to get $200 back in bonus bets Guaranteed. Bet 5 bucks, get $200 back in bonus bets guaranteed. It's simple as that, my friends. Plus, all customers who bet $5 also get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. So think about it this way. Extra $200 bucks to bet with, and in addition, save $100 bucks on your NFL Sunday ticket. It's a win-win-win all the way around, my friends. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is simple and easy to use. You can be, uh, bet on everything from the point spreads to player props and many, many more options courtesy of your friends over at FanDuel. You'll visit FanDuel.com and kick off the NFL season with an offer you won't want to miss, my friends. That's FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden
1: braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this.
0: Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. Thank you once again for making Lockdown Cougars a part of your routine, everybody. Hope you a fantastic Tuesday. Uh, much better than myself, because I have uh, flubbed my way through this podcast today. I I, I I honestly apologize. It has not been my finest effort out there, but thank you for bearing with me. All right, time to let you guys hear uh, two things that I think you guys need to hear slash uh, learn about, and one of them is uh, SUU quarterback Justin Miller. He is a sixth-year senior. He's been playing college football for a long time now. He also served a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Originally uh, played at Lone Peak before going to Summit Academy up here along the Wasatch Front, but he has been playing at Snow College and then obviously Landing Southern Utah. Uh, I had a chance to catch up with him way back in, uh, in July. I attended the United Athletic Conference Media Day. It was the day after the Big 12 Media Days, and I had stayed in Dallas uh, a couple of days late uh, to go to a uh, baseball game. When I found out they were having a media day, I figured I would wander on over. I, I, I'm serious about this. I may have been the only uh, I, I, how do I say it? independent media member who attended that. There may have been some team-affiliated media members in attendance, but I was the only non-affiliated media member I'm fairly certain in attendance at that. Had a great chance to catch up one-on-one with Justin Miller. Uh, Later this week, we'll also play part of my conversation with Elaine Fitzgerald, uh, the Southern Utah head coach. Also, I got that audio and video uh, from that same media day. But here you go. Justin Miller talking about facing BYU, him being recruited by the Cougars, and what he looks forward to most about playing at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. What's your excitement level for getting the chance to play at Lavelle Edwards Stadium? Yeah, that'll be a
1: really cool one. I mean, my whole family, grandparents, parents, everybody was at BYU and oh, okay. we've been BYU fans <laughs> growing up until probably my junior year of high school when we moved here. And uh-huh. so, um, yeah, that'll be a really cool experience. Been to that stadium a bunch of times and, uh-huh. and playing in front of those fans who a lot of them all have some kind of connection with or a uh, distant connection. Mm-hmm. Um, that'd be cool.
0: Did you have an aspiration at one point to play for BYU? You mentioned you grew up. Oh yeah, okay. yeah.
1: Yeah. I, uh, was actually had a uh, was being considered for a walk on spot there uh, coming out of high mm-hmm. school. Um, and then I uh, was given a, a walk on, but I decided to go to Snow College instead.
0: Now, obviously, playing FCS versus FBS, it's a big opportunity for you guys, obviously, to play on some of those stages. Now, BYU, they're going to be, they're power five now. So it's another step up for them. What do you expect from that game just in terms of the overall opportunity for you guys?
1: I mean i think it'll just be a good opportunity to gauge where we're at as a team Mm -hmm. coming off of another big game too with asu yes um we'll have back-to-back really good opponents and so we'll have to prove what we have mentally and physically um, and i think we'll learn a lot about our team Um, i mean we'll go in there guns blazing try to do what we can (laughs) um you never know with those kind of games so we'll do our best uh, but we're really focused on just playing good football we want to kind of get to that point Mm -hmm. where we feel good about what we're doing. Uh, win lose, doesn't matter. Um, in those first few games, we're really just trying to build up a great team and a uh, great momentum for the, for our
0: conference. Last thing, me, have you taken any looks at BYU on film at all so far? Has, has it been all on ASU? Um,
1: no, we've we've looked at both. Yeah, okay. they. Uh, it's tough because both of them are coming in with new defensive <laughs> yes. coordinators. Yeah, uh, new A lot, coach of, lot of new coaching yeah. staff. So. Yeah, it'll, it'll be a little bit different, but we're familiar with Jay Hill and what he's done um, at Weaver State uh, when we played them. So I think it'll, we'll see a lot of similar stuff. Um, I'm sure we'll see a lot of man coverage and a lot of tight boxes. So we'll have to make that work. But yeah, we're we're excited for that.
0: There you go, Justin Miller, SUU quarterback, and of course he'll be leading the Thunderbirds into their game this Saturday as BYU takes on Southern Utah in that non-conference matchup at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. This is the Southern Utah team who's going to have a lot of confidence coming into this one. They barely lost to to Arizona State. Now there were crazy circumstances, a multi-hour rain slash lightning delay in the Arizona area that obviously required them to play that game and finish it in the wee hours of the morning last Friday morning, they started that game Thursday night but uh, crazy scenes But crazy scenes, I should say, but they only lost that game 24-21 to to Arizona State they're going to be brimming with confidence as they come to Provo and obviously Justin Miller will be at the helm of that Southern Utah offense and looking forward to that matchup, we'll break it down more in depth as the week progresses here also, BYU recruiting continues to roll on, I had a great chance to catch up with Nuku Mofi, he's an offensive lineman slash defensive lineman for West High School he's a guy that BYU would very much like to have as a member of their 2024 recruitment. Recruiting class. I think I may have said he's in the 2025 recruiting class earlier on on today's podcast. Add it to my litany of mistakes on today's show, but nonetheless, uh, he's a 2024 prospect. Had a great chat with him last Friday night after West came back to beat Olympus 19 to 18 to open Region Six play. Uh, we talked about that win. We also talked about his recruiting uh, status and how things are progressing with BYU. Congratulations on the win tonight, hard fought
2: win. How did how'd you feel about it? That was a good win. I, we know we could have done more, mm-hmm. but a uh, win is a win. We're gonna take this, take us tonight. We'll come back on Monday. Get ready to work. How important was it for you guys to get your first win of the season, just kick off region play? Man, it, it takes off a lot of, a lot of pressure off of us. Just knowing that those two losses, we could have won last week. Mm-hmm. same with uh, California, mm-hmm. but able to fight back. Man, I love this
0: team. It's a fighter. We don't quit. Now you have a lot of guys playing two ways, including yourself. <laughs> It kind of set, sets a testament to like how this team plays. You guys, just, you, guys don't,
2: you guys don't complain, you just do your thing, right? Sure, it's just all mental. Like our coaches told us, you just got to push through it. And that's all. That's always been my drive. My drive is always to push it, don't stop.
0: you just had a big senior class, obviously, uh, with all your guys. You've kind of built built this program with. How important has that been as well?
2: Man, I mean, shout out to Coach June, man. Mm-hmm. Coach June, he's the one that put it on for us. Without, man, without him, man, I don't know where I would have been. And I also wanted to ask you in terms of just how recruiting's going for you overall so far. Oh well, recruiting's going very well for me. I have a lot of colleges pushing towards mm-hmm. to commit really early, but <laughs> you know, I take my time with it. But recruiting's going really well. I love all the culture staffs that have been mm-hmm. keeping in touch with me.
0: Man, it's just been fun. Have you set like a list at all of teams that you're most interested in at all?
2: That's going to come November. Okay, November. November. All, All right, okay. will send it out in November.
0: Very cool. I also wanted to ask you, just in terms of BYU, what's the relationship with the Cougars like? Oh, yeah, the offensive line coach.
2: Oh, I love DJ. Coach Funk? Yeah, Coach Funk. I love yeah. Funk, man. He's a cool dude. He also has that weird kind of stutter voice, but <laughs> I love him. I love the dude. What, what's the relationship with him like overall? Oh, I have a good relationship with him. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, we're pretty close. I mean, he wanted me to come out to the games, but I had practice, so I couldn't really, couldn't really come out. But Well, tell t- Coach Funk, love you, man. At some point down the road, I'm sure you'll get out there and yeah. watch a game, obviously. Well, Nuku, thank you so much for the time. Looking forward to seeing how you do the rest of the season, all right? Yes, sir. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me.
0: There you go, Nuku Mafi, uh, West High School offensive and defensive lineman, and a big thank you to him for taking the time. You heard him say he's going to have a top whatever list, I don't know if it's top five, top ten, coming out in November, so stay tuned for that. I got a sneaking suspicion just based on what he said about uh, Daryl Funk, BYU's offensive line coach. I think the Cougars will be on that list, but uh, we'll see what happens. I appreciate him taking the time, and it was fun to catch up with him. It's a fun uh, thing I've added in terms of my responsibilities of calling these high school football games is a chance to catch up with these recruits and get their thoughts On BYU. All right, one final note before we go on today's show is BYU is debuting a new Royal, uh, not Royal, Navy blue helmet this week as they go all Navy for their game against Southern Utah. My thought is hey, go for it. It's all about swag in this day and age. Uh, recruits love when they have options out there. BYU last wore a Navy helmet in 2021. It was a matte finish. This one is more of a glossy slash chrome-like finish where it's going to shine under the lights, but they'll be playing uh, wearing them during the day. I do kind of like the oval Y with the oval circle around the Y on this new uh, BYU Navy helmet, but uh, I know a lot of people out there are not necessarily keen on BYU wearing uh, Navy blue, but, and I'll admit this, I'm Team Royal, and when it comes was the BYU. I'm, I'm an old head, if you want to call, call me that. I'm Team Royal all the way, but nonetheless, I think in terms of a new Navy helmet, it's a pretty good effort and I like it all the same, and obviously uh, it may be something that uh, either you're out on, in on, or you just Frankly, don't care about. So uh, that is something that's off, obviously, in the news for BYU as well this week as they take on Southern Utah. So there you go. Uh, we made it through the podcast. So thank you for all your support. Appreciate you guys bearing with me on today's show. But nonetheless, thank you for making it your first listen today. Thank you to all of you who are everydayers with us here on the show as well. And of course, we'll be back tomorrow talking with Connor Pay right here on Locked On Cougars. See ya.